Hey, good morning. Thanks for joining us this morning, whether you're part of our Jubilee community or whether you're just visiting us this morning online looking in, uh, you're very, very welcome today. Uh, we've been going through a series um, over this time looking at the fruit of the Spirit and uh, it's taken from Paul's letter to the Galatians that we find in the New Testament and he's describing what the Christian life looks like, what the spirit-filled life looks like and perhaps you might remember some of the, the descriptions that we've looked at over the previous weeks, perhaps some of the themes. Maybe you even want to pause this video now and just kind of remind yourselves of some of the things that we've already gone over. Uh, but let me, let me read the passage to us this morning. It's Galatians 5 from verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Fantastic. So this morning we come to goodness. And do you know what? In this current crisis, that we find ourselves in as a nation and nations, the, the, I kind of feel like there is a general desire for goodness, um, whether that's to do good to others or perhaps to be the recipient of goodness. Um, I don't find anyone saying, do you know what I think we need in this situation? What we need right now is a little less goodness. No one's saying that. You know, we count the work of our NHS staff and our um, supermarket employees and our care workers and other, other key, key workers. We count that as good. And, and, and these are the good guys of the pandemic. And rightly so, we're really very grateful for all that they do. Uh, and if the papers and social media are to be believed and to really be read, then we know who the bad guys are. You know, the bad guys are the people who aren't staying in over this time of social distancing, perhaps are, are the ones that are going from Teesside to Whitby for fish and chips, or, or the footballers or celebrities that we read about getting caught out at parties. I mean, who's being invited to parties at this time? Crackers. Anyway, as we continue this series, we, I want us to look at why Paul includes goodness as a mark of the spirit-filled life. And as we look at this, lots of Bible commentators and Bible teachers have, uh, that I've read about this have said, look, don't, don't get too hung up about finding the exact difference between kindness and goodness in the fruit of the Spirit. You know, we looked at kindness last week. Raj took us through that. They, they kind of say, look, it's a fuzzy line. Don't look for like the exact difference here. But so how are we going to define goodness this morning? Well, here's one working definition for you. Goodness is an integrity of heart and life. You know, we're not one type of person in one situation and a totally different type of person in another. We might have a word for that. We might say that type of person is a hypocrite. Now, using that definition, I'm not saying that anyone who just goes around telling people what they like about them arrogantly, um, but saying, well, I can't help it. That's just who I am. I'm, I just tell the truth all the time. Um, no, no, we're not talking about that type of person. That type of person might actually be rude or arrogant. That's not the integrity of heart and life. That's not the, the definition of goodness we're looking at. 
Paul says one way that you'll know that um, you are this spirit-filled community is that more and more in the in the life of this community you'll see people's lives both their inner and their outer lives consistently reflecting the goodness of God. See I think that's why James can write this every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. See God is always good and does not change. See, I think it's also a helpful reminder that when we want to start looking at goodness, we've got to start with God. See, if we start with humans, what we realise is we have a kind of shifting view of goodness. You know, what we, what we count as goodness now perhaps wasn't good 50 years ago. And, you know, what things we find bad now, in 50 years' time, we may be saying are good. Um, but actually, the Bible actually has an even starker view of humans and their um, ideas of goodness and their shifting views of goodness. See, Paul, in his letter to the Romans, and he's quoting the Old Testament Psalms here, says this. He says, there is no one who does good, not even one. I mean, how can he say that? Scandalous. I remember a conversation with a a colleague uh, uh, in a, an old job that I used to have and we worked in housing so we kind of saw the whole spectrum of of society and and the whole spectrum of people with all sorts of different behaviours, people with all sorts of different attitudes, lifestyles and we saw a lot of people and I remember my colleague saying to me, do you know what I think, I think and this is, this is a, a view I think held by a lot of um, a lot of our society, they said do you know what I think as long as people just try their best to be good in life, try their hardest, then that's all that God can really expect. See, I think the truth is that God has an even more realistic view of men and women. He says like that psalm says, there's none who do good. Now, I'm not saying that men and women can't do incredibly good deeds and you know we're seeing that right now in this time but I think it comes back to our definition of goodness that we started with it's not simply just good actions that God defines goodness by but it's this consistent inner and outer life see left to our own we are incapable of goodness but the Psalms also tell us what happens when we do start with God now it says in the Psalms, taste and see that the Lord is good. See, the Bible has an ultimate standard of goodness. It's God himself. But do you know what? I think by just simply starting with God doesn't automatically lead us to some kind of healthy attitude and approach to goodness in our lives. What do I mean by that? Well, I think there are two key unhealthy practices to goodness, and they both begin with a D. The first is a DIY performance attitude to goodness. You know, we turn the Christian life into an attempt to get our goodness to a certain level. And if we get to that level, then we'll know that God will accept us, that God will will have done our Christian duty and that God will love us. DIY, I can do it myself. I'll show God that I can do it. I'll show others in the process. 
uh, Steve Bell, who is a Christian who for many years has been building links uh, with uh, Muslims and into the Muslim world, uh, tells a story in one of his books as his experience as a, as a young man um, moving to the Middle East to study and to learn and to share his faith with Muslims. And uh, he, he felt like, do you know what, I'm going to this Islamic nation uh, to show them what a person of integrity and goodness is. And uh, he soon realised that his attitude to the Christian life, coming into this new situation, this new scenario, these new surroundings, he realised that his attitude was one of performance. And he writes this, It was more about achieving than receiving. My faith was driven by a sense of duty. My self-worth had come from my work. My identity had come from my activity. And my sense of personal value had come from my role. I wonder if you can relate to this this morning. Perhaps that's your approach to goodness. Children, young people, do you know what? If that's your view of the Christian faith, if that's your view of what it means to follow Jesus, that all I have to do is to do my Christian duty and to be good, good enough that, so that God loves me and thinks good of me, then do you know what? You're wrong. That's, that's a horrible view of Christianity. The other approach is despair. I look at my life and, and far from being a person of integrity and goodness, uh, it, it's, it's something else. So what's the point? You know, we, we, we think, oh, perhaps, perhaps goodness is just for special Christians. Perhaps, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily believe in, in certain people who are saints, but we, we, in our mind, we make certain people that we know saints and think, well, perhaps goodness is for them only, not for me. I'm just hopeless. And I think both of those attitudes in a time of crisis can arise. You know, there's many opportunities for goodness in these days. But do you know what? It'd be very easy to turn those good things into performance, into a sense of pride, into a, well, I hope God's watching as I fetch this person's prescription from the pharmacy or as I do this person's shopping because it's making me good. No, no, no. Or, or maybe there's reasons that we feel helpless right now. You know, perhaps we can't support others in the way that we normally do. Perhaps we can't do our usual stuff and slowly helplessness turns into despair. I'm no good. But you know what? I think there's a better way to approach goodness. In fact, I think there's a better way that goodness approaches us. And goodness encounters us. Paul writes to Titus in the New Testament and says this, when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Saviour appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by, by us in righteousness, but according to his mercy. In other words, we encounter the kindness and goodness of God through Jesus. And he rescues us, not based on our goodness, but on God's mercy. See, no amount of goodness is going to get you right with God. No, no, we, we get right with God through the cross. We get right through the mercy and kindness of God who sent Jesus and he lived the perfect life. And he died the death that you and I should have died in our place, removing all that stuff that was in the way of us and God so that we could have a friendship with God.
It's amazing. It's good news. Perhaps if you're not a Christian here today, you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian. We've put some resources on this page on our website um, for you to check out, to see what it means to receive that forgiveness for yourself, to start a relationship with Jesus. So we're not only free from DIY performance attitude, not only free from despair, actually we're helped to live in the right way, to live this life of goodness. Bible teacher R.C. Sproul wrote about goodness and the fruit of the Spirit, saying this, In salvation we gain a cure, not only a pardon. And so Jesus comes and lives through us and by the Holy Spirit, uh, we, 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 he lives in us and there's fruit that comes in our lives. Fruit and, and our lives begin to look like the life of Jesus. Not because we've, we're earning his love, but because we've been given it. And, and that's why I think Paul can move from talking about fruit as um, uh, talking about goodness as a fruit of the spirit to uh, saying things like in uh, chapter nine, verse uh, chapter six, verse nine. Let us not become weary in doing good. See, I think there's times where doing good can be weary, can be hard, because yes, the, we have the Holy Spirit; He's working in us, but we're still works in progress. Perhaps you're experiencing that right now. Perhaps there's, there's, there's reasons for that right now that you're going through that. It feels weary. It feels hard. Listen, I want you to know God is with you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to refresh you. He wants to encounter you. you know, I'm, 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 I'm certainly realising in these days, there are some good days and there are some bad days. And perhaps you're experiencing more bad days right now than the good. Listen, I, I know God wants to come and strengthen you and refresh you by his spirit. See, even the most passionate people who do good things can become weary. Let me remind you of, um, this is from uh, Martin Luther King Jr., one of his sermons. He was a civil rights leader in the 60s. Uh, and he fought for racial justice. And this is what he said. He said, I don't mind telling you that sometimes I feel discouraged. I felt discouraged in Chicago. As I moved through Mississippi and Georgia and Alabama, I feel discouraged. Every day living under the threat of death, I feel discouraged sometimes. Living every day under extensive criticism, even from black people, I feel discouraged sometimes. Yes, sometimes I feel discouraged and I feel my work is in vain. But then the Holy Spirit revives my soul again. Listen, the Holy Spirit is here today to revive your soul again. Friends, in these tough times, do you know what? I believe we have a, an amazing role to play, to be bringers of hope, to be those who step out with the love of God and the goodness of God, to be filled with God's presence and his power by the Holy Spirit and allow God's goodness to flow out to those around us. So as we end, Jesus encounters us with his goodness. He rescues us and fills us with his spirit. And he's transforming us, our inner life and our outer life, to be a blessing to those around us and to see God's kingdom advance. Hey, we're going to end there. And uh, there's some questions and some prayer points on this page for you to do together or, or to do on your own if you're on your own at home. Um, uh, and there's also some children's activities as well. Children, there's a, there's a wonderful story about God's goodness and the goodness 
of God flowing through his people that you can watch, narrated by some of our friends here at Jubilee. Um, have a great day and know that God is with you and he wants to refresh you by his spirit. Thanks.